Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Allen. I'm at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your household are doing well. We are talking on the subject of God's grace and man's faith. And I spent about 10 lessons talking about, uh, about the subject of grace. And then we went into faith. And today I want to teach you on how to get faith, how to acquire faith, because we have already studied about how faith is an, is, is an imperative. Um, and Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Or as I said, the Swedish Bible says that without faith it is impossible to reach God or to touch God. So faith is a must, it is an imperative. So I want to teach you today how you can get faith. And it's right here in the Bible. And Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, the Bible tells us this is the only way in which a person can acquire faith. So we need to have faith. We must have faith. And the only way to get faith is to hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, way to, uh, by the word of God. Faith, you cannot get faith by getting a man of faith to lay hands on you. You cannot lay hands to get faith. You cannot have someone rub you, rub you down, give you a good, you know, I call it a Pentecostal massage. You don't get faith that way. You cannot get faith by falling on the ground or running around or shouting or laughing. You can't get faith that way. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And in fact, that's the only way the Bible says that a person can receive faith. Now, the other thing is that faith is not a feeling. It's not a feeling because uh, people who do these things, you know, because they want to fall, they want to laugh, all those things, they, they, they look at faith as an emotion. Now, faith can stir up one's emotion and faith can cause optimism. But optimism by itself or emotions that are stirred up by themselves are not faith. Faith, most of the time when you have faith, you don't feel anything except a deep, deep assurance inside that this is what God has said and this is the way it is. You know, we, we see all these miracles in our crusades and sometimes I'm asked by people, now, what do you feel like when lame people get up and walk? Do you feel faith? I said, most of the time I feel nothing. I feel absolutely nothing. But what I do have is this thing. I know that this is the word of God and God is faithful to his word and he's watching over his word and performing it. So faith is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It is a deep knowing on the inside that God's word is true and that God is faithful to his word. And this is the way it is. And it cannot be any other way than what God has said in his word. Now, that can be accompanied by an emotional thing or uh, you know, some feeling or, but that, but those things may not, may or may not be there, but that is not faith. The part that you feel is not faith. That is a feeling. That's an emotion, but faith is a deep knowing. Anyway, so faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So it really comes down to one thing, and that is the power of God's word, the power of God's word, right? So Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So it comes down to one thing, the power of God's word. Now, let's, let's start by looking at God's word. What is God's word? And the 
power of God's word. And because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Let's go to John 1 verses 1 to 4 and I'm going to read it for you. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. So he's talking about the word, but it appears here that the word isn't, you know, like for example, uh, I have I have written some things down. These are words, but here in this case, it looks like, well, it's not, it doesn't just look like it is, that the word is actually a person. It's not a thing that is written down. It's not a, because when we look at a word, we look at a, at a collection of letters of the alphabet put together. And when we read it, we read the sequence of those letters on the alphabet. There's only 26 letters in the English alphabet and we arrange them in different ways. And, and then, you know, this is one word and the same letters arranged in another way. This is another word. And this is what it means. This is what it means. But here, when he's talking about the word, he's not talking about a, a collection of letters of the alphabet, but he's talking about a person. So the word of God is actually a person before it became a collection of the letters of the alphabet. So he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So who is he talking about? It says all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made and says in him was life and the life was the light of men. So he's talking about a person that the word uh, before it is a collection of letters of the alphabet. The word is actually a person. And let's look at John 1.14. It carries on in the same chapter telling us who this word is. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Ah, so we know who the word is now. The word is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the living word of God. So Jesus, before uh, languages were invented, right? Because we, we, you know, we have words in English and words in, in, in Arabic and Swedish and words in hundreds of different languages on this earth. But before those languages were invented, before the words of those languages were invented, the word was God and, and the word became flesh and we saw his glory. And that word is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the living word of God. And this book, this is my Bible. This book is the written word of God. Now, the correlation between the living, uh, living and the written word of God is that the written word of God is the expression of the living word of God. So who Jesus is, the living word of God, who he is because since uh, he doesn't live in the realm of our imagination or our emotions. We can't just close our eyes and imagine Jesus, you know, and, and, you know, trying to feel something, imagine something. We can't do that. So he expresses himself. That living word expresses himself in this written word. So 
He is in this written word. And you see, every letter, every word in this, this is actually he indwells every letter, every word in this. So the written word, I want you to, the reason I'm telling you this, next time you see a Bible, I want you to look at it not as an ordinary book written by a man. I have written a couple of books and uh, there's thousands of authors who have written books, but the Bible is not just a book. It is Jesus. He lives and he breathes through these words. These words, the written word, the logos is the, is the, uh, is the expression uh, and the revelation of the living word. And the living word is revealed in this written word. So when you read the written word, what is happening? You are actually seeing Jesus. You are, you, you can actually, you know, you can go to the gospels and you begin to read those stories and suddenly it's no longer stories that you're reading out of a book, but those words come alive to you. And suddenly you're with Jesus in the boat in the Sea of Galilee. You're walking with him on the shore and you see him, how he heals the sick and how he preaches, how he touches the leper. It's all here. So this word, this written word, it brings alive the living word. And then while you're reading this word, suddenly scriptures jump out of it and speak to you. That is Jesus speaking to you. So that's what makes the Bible so exciting because this is the written word and this is the expression of the living word, Jesus. Since we cannot touch Jesus through the realms of our imagination or our fantasy, this is where we meet him. So Jesus is the living word. So he says, and this word, Jesus, he became flesh. That means he, he took off his robe of divine glory and put on a robe of human flesh and he became one of us. And he walked on this earth and we saw his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. And then it begins to continue to tell us about, about this word and about the power of his word when he the living word spoke the the spoken word the written word jesus who is the living word he spoke the word and uh, and ecclesiastes tell us tells us about the power of the word that jesus spoke ecclesiastes 8 4 says where the word of a king is there is power that means when Jesus, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, when he speaks his word, boom, there is the power of God. The power of God is in the word of God. Hebrews 1 verse 3, it talks about Jesus. It says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. That means that Jesus is the brightness of the glory of the Father and he's the total, the express image of the person of the Father. And then it says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. So, you know, the earth, the universe was created when, when Jesus spoke, when God spoke, Jesus is God. And when he spoke, the universe were created, was created. But the words that come out of the mouth of Jesus isn't just creative words, but 
they are also the words that uphold everything. You know, the whole universe around us, nothing, it's not by chance. I mean, there's no, there was no Big Bang. Let me tell you something. The universe isn't dis, in disorder. It is organized. It's amazing. You, you look at how, how the sun rises and sets. There's a cycle for, of 24 hours and it has been like that for thousands and thousands of years. You know, this, the, 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 the year, how 365 days or you know, 366 days for a leap year, how the, how the, uh, you know, the, the, the rotation of the sun, uh, the earth around the sun, that's a year it, it takes to make a full rotation and and the revolutions uh, i'm sorry a revolution uh, of the of the sun done by the earth it takes a year and uh, and um, how the earth uh, rotates on its axis 24 hours for one rotation that's how we get the days and nights and all this is a cycle it has been created by God. It has been going on for thousands, ten, tens, you know, thousands of years. And it is this, it's not a random thing that just happened. There is somebody behind it. And Jesus is the one who upholds these things by his word. And if he withdraws his word, everything would fall apart. But thank God for his word that created all things and upholds all things. And, and this word is available to us. Hallelujah. Right here. The word that gives life, the word that created all things, the word that upholds all things is right here. What a privilege it is for you and I to have this written word that breathes the life and the power of the living word, Jesus Christ. So we're talking about the power of the, power of the word. Psalm 107 verse 20, it says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. It means that God, he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from his destruction. And when, when God's word goes forth, miracles happen. People are healed. I've seen this in my ministry many, 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 many times. I have spoken the word. I'll never forget in Argentina in 1986, I was doing a crusade and and, and, and I just opened the Bible and began to read from the Bible. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. He forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases. As I spoke the word of God, a woman who was in the crowd, her backbone had been severed. She had been on a wheelchair for 16 years. She got up and began to walk. You see, God sends his word and heals them. I've seen this many, many, many times over. There is power in the word of God that some, when the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes, we speak the word of God, miracles happen. So he sent his word and he healed them. Hallelujah. That is why the word should have an important place in our life because miracles happen. And then as we give ourselves to the word and, uh, uh, you know, Faith comes to us. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now, let's look at the word imparting life and faith to us. How the written word, this, this, as I said, this written word is the, is the expression of the living word. How this word can impart life and faith to us. John 6, 63, Jesus said something interesting. He said, it is the spirit that quickens. That means it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profited nothing. The word that I, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So Jesus said, it is the spirit that quickens, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that gives life. The flesh 
does nothing. He said, but the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So Jesus said that his words, the words that came out of his mouth, they were full of the Holy Spirit and full of life. So whenever the word of God is spoken, there is power, there is life. Hallelujah. And uh, now let's look at another scripture in Mark 4.24. And this, this talks about the word imparting life and faith to us. Now, I'm going to read this to you from two different versions of the Bible because this is a very important version. It says uh, in the Berean Study Bible, in the King James, it says, take heed what you hear. That means uh, pay attention or be careful of what you hear. In the Berean Study and Study Bible, Jesus said, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more will be added to you. So, uh, what he's saying is this, you know, there's many nuances or meaning to this. That means you should pay, take heed, pay heed to what you hear because the measure that you use to, uh, to hear what you have chosen to hear, it is by that measure that you will get whatever it is you'll get through the word and even more will be added to you. So. Firstly, we have got to be careful what we hear. And so the word of God is given to us. So if we hear the word of God, if I choose that I'm going to hear the word of God and I'm going to feed myself the word of God. So it says, take heed what you hear. So I have chosen to hear the word of God. So he says, the measure you use, uh, it, will be, it will be measured to you. It means if you use... Uh, a big measure to give yourself the word of God, you will give big life and blessings will, you know, whatever you choose, the amount of word you get into it, into yourself with that amount, you will get power and blessings into you and even more will be added to you. But now, you know, we are living in these days, there's so much of negativity. I mean, sometimes I tell you, uh, you listen to these TV channels and all the politics and and all this and and some people like to listen to these uh, I call them motor mouths on radio it's all politics it's it's poison it's poison because these guys you know they get on TV uh, and and they get on radio and they're supposed to be pundits they're supposed to be uh, wise and all they do is vilify their opponents so you got the Republicans vilifying the Democrats and the Democrats vilifying the Republicans and people are tearing each other down, talking ugly about each other and, and people who listen to them and, and absorb what they say and receive what they say in truth. Uh, uh, so what they do, uh, they, they begin to hate these people because that is really the goal of those people. They, they, they speak evil of these other people who don't think like them and they want you to listen to them so that you will you will bind to their opinions and think of these people the way they think of them and soon you'll be brainwashed by them. So you will be hating these people, you'll be despising those people, but that's not the way it should be. Because you see, here's the problem. When you begin to despise and hate people and look at them as the enemy, it becomes impossible for you to win people for Jesus. It is impossible to win people for Jesus if you loathe them or hate them. We are called to love everybody. Even those who are enemies, are. we are called to love and we are called to bless those who persecute us. So all these things that 
are especially in America these days on the airwaves. I tell you, it's poison. And I say no Christian should be listening to these pundits or these talk shows. But here's the thing. It says here we have the word of God. And so take heed what you hear. So choose what you're going to hear. And because the more the more you allow this in you, the more life you will have. The more you allow that from the radio and the TV in you, the more poison will be in your soul. And so we have a choice with what we want to listen to. And the, and the Amplified Bible speaks of the same thing. It says, be careful what you are hearing. Be careful what you're hearing. I have a responsibility before God to be careful what I allow in me. There are people there. I mean, they don't know Jesus. It's very obvious from the way they talk because nobody who knows Jesus will be out there every day calling people names and insulting them and vilifying them. Nobody who is a Christian does those things. So when those people do those things, I can pinpoint. I don't care whether they call themselves Christians. They are not Christians because they don't speak the word of God. They, they vilify other people. I don't want any part of that because I have to be careful about what I hear. I'm a servant of the Most High God and God has called me to bring people to Christ, to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to love people, to help them. And I can't do that if I feed into that stuff. So what I do is I feed, I choose to feed into the Word of God. And if this is what the employee, I know some of you people don't like me saying this, but that's your problem, not mine. It is the truth. I'm telling you, this is the truth. So the Amplified Bible says, and he said to them, these are the words of Jesus. He says, be careful what you are hearing. So you and I, beloved, we have to be careful what you're hearing because the measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue of knowledge and knowledge that comes back to you. So be careful what you hear. So I choose to hear the word of God. I choose to give myself to the word of God and I want to keep all the garbage out of my mind. And so the measure of thought and study. So when I hear the word of God, the measure of thought and study, the measure I give my heart, my thoughts and study to the word of God, it says, uh, that will be the measure that will determine the measure of virtue and knowledge and power that will come back to me. And not only that, more and more will be coming upon me. So that's how we grow in faith. We grow in grace because if you listen to that garbage, that political garbage, let me tell you one thing. You will know a lot of precepts on the Bible, but you won't have faith. But if you give yourself to the word of God, give your heart to the word of God and you receive the word of God and you meditate on it and think of it and study. It says the measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear, it will determine the measure of virtue and knowledge and faith that will come back to you. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? So we have this, uh, this book, this Bible, and we can give ourselves to it and, and, and let this word come into us. And as we do that, God's virtue, the knowledge of God comes to us. And Luke 5 verse 15, it says, but so much the more went there a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by them of the infirmity. So it says that the fame of Jesus spread throughout the land and great multitudes, they came together. Why? It says they came to hear 
and to be healed by them of the infirmity. So, you know, faith comes by hearing. And I think people begin to figure out. They say, mm -mm. so there is power in his word. Remember, at one time, the Pharisees sent some soldiers to arrest him. They came back empty handed. And the Pharisee says, why didn't you arrest him? Bring him back to us. And they said, how could we? Because nobody has ever spoken like him. When Jesus spoke, there was life and there was power and there was faith that went forth forth from him. And it was because of his word that all these miracles took place. So in another place, it says people came to him to hear and to be healed. So people had this connection between that hearing his word and being healed by him were connected. So it says the multitudes, they came together to hear and they came to be healed. It's not like people say, ah, I'll skip the sermon. I'll just be there when he starts to lay hands on people. I'll be there for the ministry. And but I skipped the sermon. No, they came to hear and to be healed. And what you receive from God it will be determined by how much you want to hear the word of God because faith comes by hearing. And Romans 10 17, that's the scripture. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So God's word carry his life, his heart, and his power from him to us. And to know his nature. His character, his thoughts is to the word of God. So if you want to know the nature of God, the thoughts of God, the character of God, you know so through his word. And if you want to get to know God, you know, to, to have faith has to do with knowing God. And that is the key, to know him, to know him and to know the character of God because God will always act in accordance with his character and his nature. Uh, so many people say mysterious are the ways of the Lord. You know, we can't. No, that's not true. They are mysterious, but the word reveals to us the character of God. And I'll share with you in the next chapter how you can know the heart of God, the thoughts of God. And it's the same process through which we get faith. So when we know the word of God, we know the thoughts of God because God reveals his heart and his thoughts to us, to his word. Hallelujah. So if you want to know the thoughts of God, the heart of God, the character of God, what God is like, you don't get that by feeling something in a charismatic service. So you can say, oh, it felt warm and fuzzy. I felt something. No, but it is in the word. As you, as you know his word, you know his nature, his character, because that is the word. The word of God is where God reveals himself and faith has everything to do with how God reveals himself in his word. But anyway, uh, let's pray together and I'll explain all that to you in the next lesson. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who can hear my voice. Father, if there be any sickness or disease in their home, I curse it in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I speak life and health and blessing to them. Lord, may they grow in the knowledge of God and in the revelation of the Most High. And may they be blessed in all things and bear much fruit for your glory. We thank you, Father. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it, my friends. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow. And uh, we'll continue in these thoughts. Okay? God bless you.